Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium. With your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. Our show is all about dynamic family leadership and leaving a profound legacy for our children. This year, we've added family financial freedom as a major topic because we want to help you learn, act, and implement strategies to become financially free. Also, see how I can help you create that passive income through real estate investing. You'll find links to my website, which is integrativeminds.com. If you're looking for a speaker or a guest for your show, please contact me at parentpumpradio at gmail.com to schedule a meeting time. And our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube, and syndicated on rethinkradio.org, oneideaaway.com, and Armed Radio. I'm going to bring our guest on. She is a licensed professional counselor from the USA, but she's living in Munich, Germany. So she's coming all the way from Germany today. She has over 10 years experience working with individuals, couples, and families on improving their relationship and enjoying life. She's been invited to speak to a variety of groups, including Working Moms at Boston Consulting Group Munich, Mops International, and many Facebook community leadership circles. Munich has helped her improve her mindset and develop healthier habits. She has two girls, five and two and a half year olds. How cute. And she loves to be outside with her family. And so ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Katie Rossler. Hi, Katie. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Oh my, I love it when I get people from different countries. I've had Canada and Africa and Australia, uh, oh, that's India. Awesome. So it's really, really cool. Yeah, I, I enjoy um, doing these in North America. I always joke because it's usually during the bedtime routine and I usually get out of that routine. by. Do- I have a podcast, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got work. That's so cool. <laughs> it works out really well for me. <laughs> so you live in Germany, and so you, you had to remarket, rebrand, restart your business over there, right? How's it been going? Well, so I had a private practice in the States. I was never online. I didn't do any of this piece of it until I came to Munich, um, largely because I started out doing workshops here locally so that people would learn who I was and um, get a feel for what I teach for couples and for individuals. And I was getting a lot of the, oh, this is so interesting. But um, Munich, though it looks small as a city on the map, is actually kind of hard to get from one point A to point B in a short amount of time. And so a lot of people are like, it's just a long, uh, a long drive or a long ride on the train. And so I'm just not able to. And I said, well, what if I put these workshops as courses online? Because then there's no excuse, right? You're right. Um, so that's how that started. So I, I continue to do a private practice here and I see couples, um, mainly bicultural expat couples. And um, I also have a, a business now online that I've grown with courses for couples. Um, and from my experience of being a stay-at-home mom, I grew a component of it of working with moms to better lead and manage their homes. And a lot of people go, well, why just moms? 
well, still traditionally, even here in Europe, moms tend to be the ones to stay home first before the dads do. Now, that's not saying dads don't, because I've met many who do. But overall, I'm finding um, that it's more women, and women tend to be more up for the self-improvement and learning the things for their child or their home. Uh, and what happens is, because they get so excited about it, it pulls the dads or the partners in. And all of a sudden, you have the whole family learning healthier habits, which goes back to my couples therapy, doesn't it? Like it's still teaching in different ways how we, um, in a sense, can, when I work with families, kid-proof our marriage yeah. and really work together as a team. Um, and so, yeah, the online piece of it, it has grown in the last, I've been online for a year and a half now. And um, it's been a different learning experience. I'm sure you've, you've gone through this where you're like, it's, it's you went to school for one thing and then you have to kind of change and move, you know, move, I moved countries and then you go, okay, let me use this teaching and I need to learn a whole new vocabulary, learn the online world, learn the podcast world, learn yes. the world. And you just, um, you have this whole different thing that's, that's by the book that you learn for yourself versus necessarily going to school for. And it's a, a really interesting process. Yeah, because I know you started a few things, positive connections from say yeah. the mom to chief house officer and the working mother initiative. So real quickly, tell us about those three things. Yeah. So my private practice, the business itself is called Positive Connections. And in my mind, that's sort of the tree trunk of all of this, because again, we want to work on healthier connections. And through that are sort of these branches of what I get to do, speaking to um, working moms at corporations like Boston Consulting Group, or um, getting the chance to work with stay-at-home moms and better, like I said, leading and managing their homes. So I created a full program from stay-at-home mom to chief household officer um, to sort of distinguish the line between like being a mom, which is more of an identity, and leading and managing your home, which is a job. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, and yeah. so I like to call that a chief household officer, your CHO. Um, and from there, I also started looking at courses like how to kid-proof your marriage, the art of arguing, some of that support, family meeting guides, like support that you need as a CHO. Because again, we tend to be the ones who are reading up on our homes and what to do. <laughs> they say 80% of self-help books are purchased by women. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's our nature to be more relational, connected to our emotions. Not all of us. Yeah. There are plenty of men who are like it too. But um, it is our nature to take that first step. I would love to see it more 50-50 and, and hopefully that comes. Um, but the Working Mother Initiative came out of the stay-at-home mom group where the working moms were like, we love what you're teaching, but you keep talking about stay-at-home moms. We're working moms. What about us? And so a program was created for them and Boston Consulting Group here heard about it through one of their workers and was like, we would love for you to come speak. Um, and then uh, the Facebook community circles was like, we want you to come and talk with our group leaders um, about better boundaries and better self-care. You know, you hear a lot of stuff from people in your, your communities and groups online and it's hard to learn how to let those things go. And so from it, it just sort of has broken off into really teaching people better skills and, and um, as I said, healthy relationships, but a healthier version of themselves. Yeah. Awesome. So I, today we're going to focus on that family meeting, right? Like yeah, how yes. to, how to hold it, how to call for it, because I know a lot of family meetings is probably just about parents 
barking orders or just the one yeah. talking. And it's not just family meetings. I know my, you know, I know kids who go to school and they have coaches who sit there that just keep barking at them. It's never the whole back and forth when they're talking about let's meet. What are family meetings in your definition? So for me, family meetings are a once a week family tradition of getting together and connecting. Um, it covers a span of planning, preparing for the week ahead. That's why I really recommend doing it like on a, a Sunday or a Monday, preparing for the week ahead, getting everybody on the same page, maybe delegating some tasks and things and talking about what needs to get done so that it's not all on one person's shoulders. Then from there, I usually say we move into, um, are there family issues we need to talk about? Is there sibling problems going on? There are times where today we had a, a, a fast family meeting, like a little two-minute one where I had to talk to my husband and my oldest and go, guys, I don't feel like I'm being listened to. Both of you this afternoon, I have said specific things and you've gone and done something else. So it was me being able to like calmly share with them and say, hey, we have a short family meeting and then be able to say, oh, I, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry or whatever and just bring it to light. But it's not event fest. I'm not you know, criticizing them and, and laying into them. So that part of the meeting is just about securing healthier boundaries in the home and healthier communication. And as parents, we want to coach our kids on how to do that. Yeah. Um, and very often that's where it becomes the, well, you know, the vent fest. You're not doing this enough. And well, if, if only this, and I'm tired of saying it over and over and over and you're not listening and the child never gets a chance to say, you know, I'm sorry, or I'm not like, there's just no room to speak. Yeah. Um, so there's a talking stick involved in my family meetings. I talk about, you need to have something and that maybe sometimes you need to set a two minute timer in couples therapy. I often say to couples, if you can't say it in three sentences, then you need to just stop and think about what it is that's really going on. Yeah. Because if yeah. you need to do the monologue, that's about you, not about the issue. Right. Right. And that's the same then in these family meetings. So after that, we usually say, what is something you're proud of or a positive moment? And then kind of what would you like to change for this week? What do you want to work on to help add to that accountability? Yeah. So we've taught some like purposeful planning because we're teaching our kids, hey, it takes a lot to run a home. These are the things that we're doing this week. This is the plans we have. Then we're teaching them healthy communication and trust. This is our safe place to talk about problems. And then the next thing is accountability. What's working? What's not working for you as a person? What are you happy about? What would you like to change? And then I love to end it with um, something that's unique to the family, whether it's like a big bear hug or all hands in and say your family motto or whatever it might be that brings it uh, into sort of this unified front of the whole teamwork makes the dream work. It, it's not mom and dad pointing the finger at you. It's we all matter in this. Yeah. So for me, family meetings are just a, a large connection time that really is essential to a family having a really healthy, stable relationship foundation. In saying that, it's also switched the table in the sense that if the kids call out the parents on something, then you have to be, take ownership and, and, like you said, create that change in yourself because just because they're younger doesn't mean that they can't see what you're doing that is hurting them or that they don't like. Right. I mean, we need to be modeling. If you think of yourself as sort of like a coach through it, you're not going to do something for them. 
you're going to help them and guide them and coach them, encourage them through it. And it's the same with our communication. They say action speaks louder than words. Yeah, completely. I mean, I have had um, my five-year-old say to me, like, if I've gotten really frustrated, like, mommy, I didn't like you yelling at me. And I'd be like, okay, well, I didn't see myself yelling. I did see myself raise my voice, but I could see how if I get down on her level, ooh, I'm being yelled at. And that's a moment for me to say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to upset you. You know, and model what I want her to do with her little sister when they're teenagers. Exactly, exactly. Probably and won't happen as easily, but the more you do it, the more it becomes a normal vocabulary and a way of communicating in your home. Yeah, and I think you made a good point. Just because you didn't intend to come off that way doesn't mean that you did not come off that way. Right. And I think a lot of parents will start denying, like, well, I didn't yell. I'm not yelling, and that's not the way. One thing that I talk about when I do corporate training and also in the family is that your title already gives you a megaphone. So yes. you're the parent, you're the boss. As soon as you open your mouth, it is a command. It is kind of a little bit yelling. So you almost have to drop your tone and come from a loving place so much more than someone like your children or subordinate. I agree. There's a, um, a little park here uh, outside of Munich that um, it's like a fairy tale park, really neat. But there's one area you go in and it is for adults to see what it's like to be two years old mm -hmm. at a dining room table. And it shows you exactly where an average two-year-old, um, where the table falls at their head, where uh -huh. the chair is. And you, oh, yeah. like, it, you just go in, you're like, whoa. Yeah, because we rarely get on the floor and look, what's it like in that? So it's exactly that. Like they have this towering adult over them, yeah. raising their voice, if not yelling, you know, and intense eyes and frustrated yeah. how that has to look. Yeah. We often forget that. Yeah. Find family meetings are that space for you to like sit down on each other's level, the same yeah. level mm -hmm. and talk. You just start doing it on regular, yeah, yeah, right. Once a week, once yeah. every other week, because obviously, when you start getting to the teenage, the kids are teenager, it might be hard to do once a week. <laughs> right, right. And I, what I do is I say I say stick with once a week, and if somebody can't be there, then you just fill them in. But you, if you make it a tradition and you make it something that's purposeful and matters, then on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday, whenever you want to do it, everybody's sort of expected. And it can be just 20 minutes. Uh, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, it's going to take an hour. Again, as, as the parent leading it or the co-parent, like we need to go in with the plan. We're going to talk about this this week. And, and we move forward and leave space for that communication time when there's a problem. There's three components, right? You yeah. Said earlier there. So the planning, that communication time of any issues going on. Yeah. And that might also be the time of like, hey, there's a family member who has health issues. Or you might want to talk about some of those serious yeah. things. Um, or something happened at school and we need to discuss how we handle right. it as a family. Um, and then the third part is sort of that accountability of like, what, do you, what are you proud of? What do you want to do differently this? Or what is your goal this week? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then building it in that unity. How can you make these meetings unique? Because you said earlier, there's, you can have a motto. What are other yeah. ways that families can do to make it unique? So I like to teach families how to create um, family mission statements. Oh, um, yes. And so the, the family meeting success blueprint I created has a bonus of how to do that. It's like a business, as we know. If you yep. have a mission statement, you know why you're doing what you're doing. And everybody knows. And it's usually up on the wall. It's up on, it's, you know, it, that information's on paper. It's on print. It's everywhere. So that, um, I think, helps all members to understand, like, 
why things need to get cleaned up, why the laundry needs to be done, why we pick up yeah. ourselves because somewhere in the motto, we talk about family time, which means togetherness, not cleaning, cleaning, cleaning craziness. So reciting uh, the family mission statement. Um, I also find some, like I said, like the big, big bear hug and maybe they say something. If you're a sports family, like you chant, and, you know, like we might go wrestler, 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 whatever it might be. Like you, if your family loves sports, then do something like that. If your family is into reading, find a quote from something that you, you love. Um, I think there's ways to incorporate what's important to your family. And in that mission statement that comes out um, and, and to make it unique for you guys. Yeah. Even your talking stick might be something that's fun and silly and just something your family would get. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Stephen Covey talks about this in his seven habits of highly effective yes. family. One of the first thing he talks about is a family mission statement. You have yeah. to have one. People don't realize where are we going? We had kids what's the right. purpose isn't the purpose isn't to have kids the purpose is something that you're yeah. creating and for me because as a legacy coach it's always about like what are you leaving behind which is the end goal of the mission yeah. right why you're here why we're together it's easy when the when the meeting is going great rah rah you're, it's easy but that's not going to happen probably nope. most of the time so there's going to be challenges there's going to be people who's not going to listen Parents aren't going to listen, may walk out, kids may walk out. Tell us how to handle these challenges. Yeah. Expect those things to happen. You know, if we were like in a traditional workplace and had like a, a morning meeting and stuff, if somebody stormed out, you'd be like, whoo, they might get fired. You're in your home. People have the ability to leave if they want to, if they get that angry. The hope is that you are not making the meeting so heavy that people are like, ugh, or so long that it's just frustrating. So by having even maybe a little if, for fun, if you're super organized, you print it out or having um, a kid write down what we're talking about so they feel like they're part of it, like they matter. Alternating who leads the meeting. Oh, good idea. Invested and it's not just mom doing it, which is what tends to happen. That right? actually is really good because they can learn that one day they're gonna, the kids will be leading meetings at their work. Yeah. So it's a good way for yeah, them to learn. Exactly. Yeah. And teaching them those communications and going, okay, guys, we need to stay on the same thing. Like, next point. Um, and they might say next point when you're really trying to like address an issue, but it helps them to, to better understand how to run things like this as well. My mindset when, it, if somebody gets angry and needs to leave is to allow them to cool off. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's something you set in the beginning of your, of your family meetings. If you already know you guys are a very passionate family that you say, guys, we might make each other angry at some point. And we don't, it's hard to hear feedback. So if you need to step away, like, Go do a five-minute cool-down and maybe have something fun for them to do to cool down. Um, but we would love for you to come back. And if not, we're taking notes. You know, little Bobby's got the pen and paper and he's taking notes. And we'll be able to fill you in on what we talked. And as parents, you might need to address some of the things that were discussed in the communication time of like, hey, I have this problem separately. And that is not the time for parents to talk to each other about uh. their problems with each other. Okay. Remember, we're going to be setting those boundaries as well. Like me talking to my daughter and my husband is because literally within 20 minutes, they both didn't listen to all the things I said. And it was very easy. And my husband knew that was his chance to model for my daughter how to respond to that feedback. Because we, we've discussed these things. I'm, I never want to call him out in front of her in a negative way. So I made it very clear, like, 
mama <laughs> feels very frustrated. I made it very clear for him that this is a modeling opportunity. Right, right. So as parents, that's what we're doing the, those meetings. We're getting on the same page and we're modeling for our kids how to have that healthy communication time. And then we're uh, being accountable by yeah. making the change that needs to be made in ourselves yeah. and I guess as a family. Now you mentioned earlier, if you can't say it in three sentences, <laughs> then it's a monologue. It's going to happen, especially I think probably more so for parents because we're so used to having that microphone and it's yeah. ours. What's a suggestion that's a way get us out in that state that we can stop? So there's two ideas I have. One, um, bring a notepad mm -hmm. and write it down. Okay. Um, that's, that's advice I always give in couples therapy is you guys have a big argument. You both need notepads because you're thinking faster than, and you're not listening. Right. So maybe you write down the problem, da, 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 and then you listen and you write down what they're saying. And so when you've got a problem you want to bring to the family meeting, maybe you've already written down bullet point what it is. For some reason we believe because when our kid acts like they don't hear us, that we need to over explain yes. what it is. Yep. And that happens, you'll see it in the workplace. You see it in couples. You see it with friends where it's like, can I get a word in? Yeah. Like I, it just talk louder and longer. Somehow they'll, that you think that they'll, they'll understand you, right? Louder yeah. and longer. If you see them <laughs> glaze over, they're gone. <laughs> Same with your partner. If he or she is glazed over, you've lost them. The second um, tip would be maybe that family member who's not as interested in being a part of it. Yeah. And, and we all have that, that little child or teenager or preteen, preteen probably. They're the ones in control of that. If you hear one of us go beyond three cents, if, if the monologue happens, maybe you give them a little sticky note that's yellow or red that they hold up like a, in a soccer game. You know, the right. flag up, they're going to have fun doing that. Yeah. Or some and bell, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, like your ring. time is up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that good. It might frustrate you, but really understand, like, it's good to kind of have that feedback. When did they stop listening? Yeah, yeah. Is it after minute five or sec second five or is it minute two? Yeah. Uh, and, and you can do the little game timers too uh -huh. and go, okay, mom's turn oh. and flip it. And yeah. if, if you're not done, I'm sorry. Or, or there's a award show, right? When the music comes on. Yes. And you have people clapping. So that clapping. means you're done. They're done. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you no, can't talk over I the clap. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think those are two great ways to deal with it. And again, if you need to do a monologue, that's about you. Yeah, not you're right. That's to a be really effective. good point. Yeah. Focus on being effective in family meetings. That's awesome. And I think also that whole piece about summing up at the end accountability okay i hear what you said that this is how i came off so this is what i'm going to do differently even if that wasn't your attention i think that's so great as parents if we can do we will want our kids to do that yeah completely and the younger you can start with kids like so our oldest is five um and she will get to start joining our family meetings but i know people who had their their four-year-old in it and they're mm -hmm. just you're just mindful of what you talk about but my husband and I, every Monday night, we, we have a state of the family. Both of our alarms go off on our phones five minutes before, and we join in the living room with our, our calendars, and that's our time. And it's also a couple's check-in time. How are we doing, you know, the craziness of life and taking care of kids and working? You don't always get that time. 
So our family meeting involves also checking in together. But when our oldest gets to be a part of that, that's not the time for us to be like, hey, honey, are we connected right now? Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's the time to be like, now we're really modeling all the things that we said we want to teach our our daughter. And of course, our two and a half year old will be in there as well because... She's naturally going to be like, "What's going on?" I want to be. I was going to say she. she yeah. She's going to think she's five too. So you kind of yeah. have. To. Oh, she already says it. She's yeah, five. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> but a big sis can do. I can do too. Yeah, exactly. The younger you start them, the better. And the reason my husband and I did not start with um, our oldest at four is because we, in our relationship, needed that time just the two of us. Right, right. We needed the time to figure out how to plan better. And so it was really setting the foundation as a couple how this will look. And maybe you're in that season where you've got older kids, but as a couple, you need that Sunday night or Monday night sit down and can we plan the week together and delegate and figure out. And then you come to the kids with, hey, here's our plan. You may need that. And that, yeah. that's okay. This yeah. is the beauty of family meetings is they're, um, they're flexible and adaptable. The key is that you do them and you do them every week. Yeah. Or something consistent, right? Yes. Yes. Something consistent. So that the kids know that, hey, if I have a grievance or if I have some issues, then I can hold it off till this day. I get a chance. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us how the grievance is in, you know, here's my grievance. Complaining about mom third time this week, but that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, maybe they should get that chart somewhere so that they, uh, you know, yes. you can start seeing. Uh, that'll really hold you accountable, right? Wait a minute, yep. I got a, I just got a red star instead of a blue star or something. Right. You know, like, that means I do, what I do, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how we can follow you, get a hold of you, get to know more yeah. about you. The best way is through my website, positive-connections.com. I have my YouTube channel linked to there so you can watch the videos I've done, um, my courses and programs, any speaking engagements that are coming up, and all these wonderful podcasts I get to be on. I like to put them on my site too so that people can find you guys as well. Um, So all like a whole bunch of free resources right there and how you can start to immediately work on the relationships in your home and how you take care of things. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'll make sure you have all those links as well. Awesome. All these links are going to be in the show notes. Go to her website. Tell us one of your favorite quote. My favorite quote that was introduced to me in undergrad um, is, it is a wretched taste to be gratified with mediocrity when the excellent lies before us. And that's Isaac, I I think it's pronounced Dizarelli. That is such an important quote to how I've lived my life of always pushing forward and never getting stuck in the mundane or going like, well, it's okay. I'll just do this for right now when I actually have the ability to make it even greater. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much from Germany there. Yes. You get to go to bed now. Yep, I do. <laughs> okay, thank listeners. You for having me. Oh, thank you. And listeners, until next time, always be learning and always be growing. See you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, 
go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. Until next time, have a wonderful week. Thank you.